hi? Man, I don't know how to do it. Um, no, you don't have to say hi because you could, you could, you could be like, uh, you could announce it separately and then cut to the question. So I'm just gonna ask you the question, Dan. What what film scarred you for life? What film scarred me for life? Um, oh shit! Sorry, we gotta start in, <laughs> in one second because. Something crazy is happening at this Airbnb apartment. Oh, you have to deal with something? Yeah, it's I'm I'm dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking toaster oven. I'm I was trying to make breakfast. I left the toaster oven on and I was just like, I'm gonna burn this place down. But no, I turned it off. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay, good. Um the film that scarred me for life, well, there are two of them, but uh, I think the main one is uh, is kind of an obscure film called Battlestar Galactica Saga of the Star World, or Saga of a Star World, which was the pilot for the original Battlestar Galactica series. I grew up in a really small town, and the next town over had a community center with a theater in it, uh, Duncan, British Columbia. Uh, the community center is, like, notorious for... Um, it was at one time the home of the world's largest hockey stick. As time went on, someone else built a bigger hockey stick. Uh, so we had to settle for largest, biggest, uh, or like world's largest hockey stick and puck because there's because <laughs> there's a hockey puck too. So they're like, okay, this qualifies as the biggest hockey stick and puck, but no longer the biggest hockey stick. But wait, what do you mean? Those that they were the ones that were used, or that just like a souvenir hockey stick? It was like a novelty-sized hockey okay. stick uh, with with a puck, like a hockey puck attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it's enormous, but um, they built it hoping that it would be like you know attract tourism, I guess, or something on top of this community center. And uh, they had about one year of being like number one biggest hockey stick in the world, and then somewhere in Minnesota built a bigger hockey stick. So they had to settle for being the world's biggest hockey stick and puck, like with that caveat. It's pretty sad. (laughs) But in this building, there's a movie theater. And uh, I went and saw Battlestar Galactica Saga of a Star World, which uh, at this time, I guess it would have been out for years. But like it's a it's an edited version of the pilot for the television show that came out in 1978. But it was edited to be a feature length movie. Like it's like two and a half hours long or something. And as a kid, I loved Battlestar Galactica. And my parents were like, this is going to be amazing. Like, it'll just be like a wonderful time for the family at the movies. The plot of the film is, it gets pretty disturbing. There's a subplot uh, where basically the main characters go to a resort planet where nothing is uh, nothing is what it seems. Uh, the Cylons have, have kind of taken over the resort planet. But the most disturbing thing about it is basically in the film under under this gambling sort of pleasure paradise there's a underground cave sort of like a hive filled with these uh insect-like uh aliens called the ovions <laughs> who are like giant monstrous bee people and their one purpose is to uh is to steal uh, steal humans from the surface, bring them down, bring them downstairs into their monstrous bee cave, and use the humans as a uh, living food for their larvae. 
So they like fucking literally lay eggs on people and these larvae just devour them alive. How old were you? Uh, I was like seven, <laughs> maybe six. And I totally remember the feeling of like sitting in the theater and seeing battles. We, we didn't have a we didn't have a television at my house because my parents were hippies. So I would always watch Battlestar Galactica on my on the neighbor's TV. So I remember being in the theater and seeing all these characters that I knew and love up on the huge screen in full color with like amazing sound and i was just so excited it was like christmas but as the movie goes on it just gets fucking darker and darker and darker until they reveal the subplot of like basically these these ovipositor insects like insect monsters using humans as uh, living food for their horrible spawn so I, I was get i remember viscerally being terrified by this and being more and more uncomfortable and upset and it being extra i don't know there was something extra awful about the fact that this was happening to characters that i loved you know from television yeah. <laughs> uh so i'm getting more and more uncomfortable and then the theater literally fills with smoke because somebody has lit uh lit a garbage can on fire in one of the restrooms and started a huge fire in the community center. So they actually midway through the film, they had to evacuate the movie theater because, uh, because the front half of the theater was, was burning. It was on fire. And that was definitely the most traumatic time I've ever had in the movies. It was just seared into my brain, like the fire department coming, like people crying, like, uh, and watching these characters that I love from television um, get menaced by cannibal bugs. But it wasn't it though. So like out of your, world that it's almost too fantastical to be to haunt you um yeah no i mean i can still tap into that feeling of um mm. the feeling of i don't you know a lot of my memories from childhood are kind of hazy or you know colored with other memories or maybe not entirely like i can't access the emotions that i was feeling as well there's something muted about them but this memory in particular if i think about it i i'm instantly transported to like that feeling of disappointment terror and uh and and fear <laughs> yeah humans as food humans <laughs> as food you humans know for, for kids kids love yeah. that stuff yeah and then a year later uh or two years later um my dad my dad was working at a high school as a teacher and uh he every every weekend he you know he could rent like the or take home like a, a vcr from from the high school we didn't own a vcr but he'd just take one home from the school and we'd go to this local movie store just like a rental store in uh in couch and like called mcquinn's video and i remember him renting uh john carpenter's the thing which has since become like i think it's my favorite movie of all time but he sat me down in the basement we were like we, had, we were gonna have like movie night together and just watched the thing. And I remember being eight or nine and watching the thing and just, just being horrified, like, like covering my eyes for most of it. The scariest part of the thing is that like, whatever you think, you, you know, whoever you know might be not even human, right? Yeah. I, I don't think that part of it sunk, sunk in on a, on like a frontal conscious level. It may be like, maybe I understood it subconsciously while I was watching the film. As a, as a child, <laughs> well, I, I was mostly terrified by the, uh, you know, the practical effects, like the uh, the defibrillator scene, you know, <laughs> which is still one of the best scenes in a movie ever, I think. It's weird. Yeah. No, it's amazing. film, But since I watched it as an adult, it didn't seem that scary in comparison to many other horror films that are just. Yeah. Know. 
I think that was a complaint that was leveled at it at the time too, is, uh, you know, cause it got really negative reviews when it came out. And I think one of the complaints, uh, one of the bigger complaints was this film is less capital S scary in, in terms of like jump scares than mm-hmm. it is just relentlessly disturbing and, uh, and unpleasant. Like the, they really linger on all the creature transformations and the, and the tension, like you were saying, the tension really comes from not knowing who's infected. Yeah. That's the crux of the whole film. And there are no likable characters in the movie, really. Like there's McCready and there's Doc, but they're all they're all like fallible in a way, you know? Yeah. They're and they're and they're not sketched out with the pathos or like any kind of backstory that would give them any pathos. No, but it's like Carpenter always does that. There's almost like superficial kind of thing going on. There's frequently little backstory and also people usually look like normal people and they're not like some kind of very charming Hollywood stars. Yeah. So yeah, it's true. The way he sets it up. I like, I like that though. I like, uh, yeah, I love it. I'd rather watch, you know, it's perfect. Those characters are perfect for, and I think film criticism has come, come around to, you know, realize what a great, what a great movie the thing is, but, and how it in a weird way represents a lot of this sort of blankness of the 1980s, you know, mm-hmm. the paranoia, this sort of cocaine fueled, uh, like late period cold war paranoia of, of, of the eighties. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather watch, you know, if I'm going to watch this movie about an extra dimensional or extra terrestrial shape-shifting being destroying humanity, it's kind of implied. I'd, I'd rather watch these blank characters deal with it. You know, there's something more upsetting about that. That's true. I don't know. I could talk about the thing all day. I love it. <laughs> no, yeah, I love, I mean, I watched it, uh, actually rewatched it recently. It was really kind of really scary about the dog. The dog somehow scared me. In a way that watching the dog get assimilated or watching the dogs get assimilated in the cage is that was the most horrifying. Yeah. It, it somehow affects you more than watching any of the, any of the characters themselves get uh, their bodies torn apart or, you know, yeah. wrapped, wrapped in tentacles or. Yeah. Well, the dog is presumably innocent and humans are just. Yeah. Humans, are, anyway. humans are scum. Mm-hmm. Have you, uh, have you seen the, 2010 uh it was supposed to be a remake but they made it a prequel oh okay i think i actually watched it partially with yasha but i don't remember anything but it's not as good as the thing though no it's not it's not terrible it's it's a weird movie though because i i have the same experience with it like i've seen it two and a half times maybe and i always forget it exists and i forget everything about it and then i'll be like oh yeah i love the thing i should watch the I should watch this random prequel again. And I watch it and I enjoy it while I'm watching it. But after it's over, it's like, it's like it's erased the part of my mind that watched the film and I just forget about it again. I think it's weirdly, it's, it's a cursed movie in a really, really specific way. Yeah. I don't think it's bad. I think it's, uh, I think it's just cursed. Yeah. Cur- cursed in one way. The film itself has a kind of soporific effect on, mm-hmm. on the brain, like that it, the film itself deletes the, your memory of mm-hmm. watching the film as you're watching it, you know? While subconsciously damaging your psychological Yeah, yeah like it's a, it's a psychological Trojan yeah. horse that just deletes itself and, and your memory of it afterwards. That's <laughs> Man in Black. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> when we did, uh, we started doing like, um, I think on Facebook, people were super active with 
like commenting what films scarred you for life, it seems like as if everyone perceives this kind of question as scary film from childhood. Right. Because you, yeah, as a child, you're going to be reacting to, uh, you're going to be reacting to that stuff on a, on a deep, on a deeper level. I mean, I guess it's not horror, but like the witches of Eastwick. I don't know if you've seen that oh, movie. Yeah, I know that one. As a kid that there's, there's something, there's something so fucking grotesque about that film that if you don't, if you're not perceiving it. Though. <laughs> yeah yeah grotesque like as a kid you can get scared i think so yeah like a grotesque comedy can be scary terrifying you know interesting because i wonder if the switches of wistick depends how you perceive it if you're like a, a boy or a girl as a boy um, you like yeah that's huge... gonna get me yeah i think that was my experience with it because my mom yeah. lo- loved that movie and i was just like oh, this movie is terrifying <laughs> Well, exactly. Well, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's funny. Like Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory too, which I just rewatched. Uh, With the, Gene Wilder. The, oh yeah, yeah. Which is the the only one that exists. <laughs> yeah. Dev, Devoika and I were just like we just watched it together, and uh, we looked up a bunch of the backstory. Uh-huh. The movie, but uh, Gene, it was Gene Wilder's passion project, I guess. You know. Yeah. Uh, and there sense. was originally somebody else cast to play Willy Wonka, but they, they ended up going with him. Um, <laughs> and I, I think that the, the disturbing thing about that film, I thought when I was watching it is it's not even like the, the scene where they're, uh, going down the river, you know, mm-hmm. and like that's, that's topically scary. But I think the most disturbing thing about it is Gene Wilder's performance. Like you don't, trust him he seems unhinged and insane and dangerous he seems like a dangerous man an unstable yeah, and dangerous like man kind of loose, loose, with a loose screw kind of yeah exactly it was weird it was, it was funny yeah, yeah i don't know i was scared by oompa loompas <laughs> the oompa loompas are scary too they, they're hideous yeah. they look they yeah look but up. also there's like a moralist kind of which is i guess overall right message in oompa loompas songs the songs are scary yeah, right. yeah, they're very scoldy. They're like very. Yeah, like this is they're like the Greek court, the moral Greek chorus. They're like this is what's gonna, this is what you get, Augustus, <laughs> for for being a little piglet and jumping into the chocolate. You know, we we told you something about the tune too. I don't know the whole thing, and then that is I like the fact that it looks more like it's not CGI. It's more like just built. Everything's built. Yeah, it's all practical. It makes it scary. I looked up yesterday. Yeah, the new Charlie and the Chocolate Factory directed by Tim Burton, of course. Oh no! But it's like doesn't save it somehow. You know, you know. There's a reboot. Uh, there's a script. I don't know if it's in production, but there's a script that's been floating around. That's like a gritty, uh, like a grim, grim, dark Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which is like. I think it's just called. I think it's just called like William Wonka or some shit like that, and it, and it's basically like a prequel to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's like his origin, sto- uh, Willy Wonka's origin story. That's actually fascinating, but it's like Raw Dahl didn't write it, so I guess someone just yeah. someone just like keep fan fiction. I mean, on the surface, <laughs> it's it's kind of a cool idea. I think it's going to have something to do with like uh, trauma post World War One. I. I think it's set immediately mm-hmm. after the end of World War One. But, you know, they're going to fuck it up for sure. It's going to be bad. There's no way it's going to be good. No. Like. Like, they shouldn't touch that. It's the same as, you know, like they did a remake, an expensive remake of Total Recall. And it's hideous. 
Like, I think you shouldn't touch movies <laughs> like that. I just watched like the original Total Recall recently, yeah. and then I was like, maybe I should watch the remake. And I got five it's minutes horrible. into it and turned it off and yeah. just tried to forget about it. I mean, it's just the whole thing. There's, it's a joke. Everything's bad. Is it a straight reboot of Total Recall? Yeah, or sometimes. Like- yeah, pretty straight. Not like not the like scene for scene, nothing like that. But mm-hmm. pretty straight. Slight changes because he's now Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's not working as a construction worker. He's more like white collar or something like that. Minor changes. Oh, so they they yeah. totally uh, remove the class the class element from the movie. That's uh, cool. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, yeah, very cool. I think you shouldn't touch that film. It's too perfect. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason. <laughs>